look at your day and say, how am I taking care of myself across those five months? So you're going to want to take time and make sure you have a training plan that addresses all those. Hey folks, this is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for tuning in today in these volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous times. Certainly an interesting time to be alive. And um, also some great opportunities and a lot of fear going on out in the world. At any rate, I thought I'd um, have a chat about that. This is a solo cast. It's not so much a podcast. It is just a fireside chat. My team is recommending um, that we chat about this and maybe give you some perspective on how we're handling it and maybe how I'm handling it. And we'll see if anything good comes out of that. And if not, you always have a hidden button. At any rate, um, just a quick reminder, my new book, what, what a great time for that to come out. I mean, it's, it's really hard to think that there'd be a better time then now for a book about staring down your fear and overcoming the fear that plagues you as a leader and stands between you and your team or your family, stands between your authentic self and you, stands between awesomeness and you. So what are those fears that are the hidden agendas, the biases, the the shadow aspects of your being that others clearly see but are hidden from you. Can you expose those now and see how they're playing into your life? At any rate, I can see um, this showing up all over the place with people projecting their fear onto others, projecting their bias onto others, and it's happening to us. We held our Enville Mind event last weekend, and some people were critical of that. I'm very happy we did it. We had 50 warriors show up uh, out of 100 that had enrolled. We had some extraordinary training. The training and the event was all under the guidelines and done in alignment with uh, directions from the governor and from the state of California and the city of San Diego. We didn't break any rules. We had an extraordinary event. Everyone grew stronger from it, but we got some judgment from other people. And so I asked those, you know, when I think about it, I think those people are in fear and they're projecting onto us and projections come in the form of righteousness and judgment and things like that. And it really is not our issue. It's their issue. So consider, you know, things that are being projected maybe onto you for your decision-making or consider how your fear, your biases, your false evidences and expectations that appear real are showing up in your life and, and influencing your thinking and your behavior right now. It's a fantastic time to just slow down actually enjoy the staycation or house arrest or whatever you want to call the shelter in place guidelines and to do some work on yourself to come out of this stronger. So that's going to be kind of the focus I have on this podcast is let's stare down our fear wolf and come out of this stronger. Let's cope. And the acronym I came up with is cope, C-O-P-E. Let's create a crisis opportunity, plan, and then execute it. So this will be an attempt to give you some ideas on how to create your own crisis opportunity planning and execution strategy so you can cope and flourish through this and come out the other side stronger. I was telling my team this has 
the semblances of or reminding me of 2008 and also 9-11. In 9-11, I had a fledgling training business called Momentum Training with my friend Alan Bishop. And we had just finished up a big training event with Starbucks and flying home. And we flew through the Denver airport. And we were sitting around the Denver air- airport when I heard over the loudspeaker that all flights have been canceled due to presidential decree. And Alan and I looked at each other and we're like, oh shit. We went and stared at the TV like everyone else for about 10 minutes, aghast at what was happening in New York City. And then we both basically simultaneously turned and said, we got to get to the rental car facility. And we sprinted there. We were like the first people there, rented the car, drove home to San Diego. And on the way home, we closed the business down and uh, shifted focus because we knew that that training business would be toast. And it was. So it had a profound effect. And out of that, I ended up taking a role at University of San Diego to help reach, launch a leadership institute, as well as a, uh, become an adjunct professor. And I turned my attention back toward NavySeals.com to try to mine that further. And then I got recalled back to duty. So a lot happened, but it transformed the direction I was heading. In 2008, our primary business was NavySeals.com. And then we had a small CrossFit business. I had the vision for what became SealFit, but I hadn't executed on it yet. And then all of a sudden, the bottom dropped out with the 2008 financial collapse, and our business at NavySeal.com went from like in the millions down to practically nothing. And we laid off pretty much all the staff, and my wife and I were packing boxes and shipping them out, and I was coaching four CrossFit classes a day and trying to figure out what's next, and I recognized that we had this amazing facility and that I... I had a passion for training warriors, and so I invited through my blog warriors to come train with me in these 30, you know, what I call a warrior academy or a seal fit academy. So we launched that, and then that became the foundation for all the rest of seal fit. So 2008 had a transformative effect on our business. It was scary. Cash flow was tight. I had to protect everything, the core of everything, but I also had, had to use it or did use it as an opportunity to think differently about the business and to uh, come through it much stronger. So we're having similar discussions here about what does this mean? And um, depending upon the severity of what we're looking at economically, you need to come through this stronger. That's why I call it a crisis opportunity plan that needs to be executed so that we can cope with this, come out of it stronger, be resilient, stare down our wolf of fear. So we're going to lead Lean into it courageously to eradicate the gaps between the known and the unknown. We're going to follow it closely to determine what is real and what's not real. One day at a time, we're going to continue our practices, but share them more with everybody. So I'll be sharing a daily sit rep on my social media channels, Real Mark Divine, where I'll talk about how I'm taking care of myself and my family and also um, a grounding exercise like box breathing. We'll do that every day. Why not? Uh, my stepdaughter, Catherine, is leading a yoga class every day. Live stream. We'll be running SealFit workouts live stream on the SealFit channel several times a week. So we're going to continue to um, use this opportunity to grow stronger, to strengthen the community, to help everyone stay positive and to feed the courage wolf, and to see that fear really is false expectations that appear real. Now, I'm not going to mitigate the threat of the COVID virus uh, or minimize, I should say. 
I'd love to mitigate it. I'm mitigating it by following the guidelines of sheltering in place. Uh, I'm at, and we're not working uh, at the office really, unless uh, we need to come in and then we have a limited uh, number of people who are allowed to be here. So I'm here alone today and um, just finished my training. And um, now I wanted to have this conversation. So let's talk about, you know, we have this saying in the SEALs, you plan for the worst, but hope for the best. So that's why no, we know that no plan survives contact with reality or the enemy. But you got to have a plan so you can think through the different scenarios. Okay, and so what are the scenarios? Best case scenario, and this is what we're hearing out of China, is that this thing, this virus will have, um, you know, the, the potential to impact 100,000 people infected and a, a few thousand people will die. And those are at-risk, immunocompromised people. And those people are at risk in any circumstance. So if anyone listening here has, is immunocompromised or has an elderly a parent or a friend that's immunocompromised, boy, that's, that's who we need to double down on and help those people, um, you know, s- stay uh, strong and um, you know, do everything we can to protect them from contracting this virus because they're the largest at risk. Well, you've heard of all that, of course. I'm not going to try to tell you things you already know here, like wash your hands, but do wash your hands. And anyway, so um, China, they said they learned of the virus in early December. Okay, and now it's March, so December, January, February, March. That means, generally speaking, if, if you're new to the virus, like we are in America, then maybe we have three to four months to deal with this thing. And it might infect 100,000 people, and, and a few thousand will be unfortunate. At any rate, um, that all sounds a little bit utopian to me personally. I think that China got such stung so much with the negative um, criticism that basically locked down all communications and all reporting, and now they're basically lying. That's my personal feeling. It just doesn't make sense to me that um, we can, on the one hand, the experts in the West are saying that millions of people could get infected. I mean, like millions. So let's talk worst case scenario. What we're hearing is worst case is like 50% of the culture of our society or Europe, you know, Canada could get infected. And then this thing would have a 2% ish mortality rate. And so if that's the case, then just by the numbers, 150 million would be infected. And what's 2% of 150 million? It's not insignificant numbers, right? It's like 3 million people. So problem, big problem. Um, if that's, if the worst case scenario plays out, it, we don't know, right? And for that to happen, you know, you think about the metaphor, the idea of a penny doubling every day, it seems slow at first. And then, you know, all of a sudden, 100 goes to 2, 2 goes to 4, 4 goes to 8, 8 goes to 1.6, 1.6 goes to 3, 3 goes to 6. You see the math. Very quickly, you can see those numbers hit. And um, if the worst case scenario is real, then that's what's happening in China right now. They're just not saying anything about it. Who knows? It'd be hard to imagine also them preventing some of that information to get out. So the, the, it's probably somewhere in between. Also, with that worst case scenario, it's not just the the health impact and the, what happens there, but really it's the, the reaction to it, which is probably necessary, but it's just harsh. The reaction by, you know, shutting down restaurants, you know, all the industries that are getting majorly impacted at the end of the longest market expansion we've had in a long time, if not in history, when we were really due for a correction. Most of the people that I follow in terms of the economy and geopolitics and 
finance say that we've just basically entered a recession, a severe recession that may even have the potential to look like a like the Great Depression, meaning if the stock market drops another um, 30 or 40 percent and we see it, you know, we're down 60 or 70 percent from the year, it's, it takes a long time to recover from that. And all, and we could see even our um, commerce secretary said the other day we could see unemployment of up to twenty percent, and unemployment applications are exploding because people are out of work all of a sudden, and companies, you know, are having a major cash impact, uh, and they're being obliterated by this really quickly. It doesn't take long, and a lot of, you know, most I should say, small businesses just don't have the resiliency to shut their doors for two weeks at a time even, or longer, probably be longer. And I know the government's going to provide some assistance, but boy, that comes with a lot of strings attached and now you got debt and it's, it's just not a good situation. And that assistance doesn't mean that that uh, company is going to go and hire all those people right back. So you could have massive unemployment, uh, a severely depressed stock market that could take three to five years to recover. Again, I'm talking worst case scenario. And the reality will probably be somewhere in the middle, but um, that was the worst case scenario. And then, you know, life after this is going to be a little bit different because our generation just has not had to deal with that type of sustained, you know, negative and depressing environment <laughs> and the financial austerity that comes with that. And now you've got the Fed and the government, you know, basically estimates are they're I mean, they're, they're going to put like $5 trillion into the economy. Will that trickle down to each individual? I, I don't know about you, but getting a $1,000 check in the mail from the government does absolutely nothing for me. I, I would much rather they do some supply side things like, you know, why not suspend taxes for 30 days and um, like payroll taxes and maybe they could do a moratorium on um, income taxes even or, you know, something that, that would have an effect on uh, productivity and, and the engines of growth, especially for small businesses and solopreneurs and independent contractors. But uh, having said that, I know a lot of people, a thousand dollars here or there, that will really help them out. So I'm not against that. I'm just saying it's not going to do me much good. Anyways, and what's it mean when the government injects $5 trillion? That adds $5 trillion to our debt at some level. And um, yeah, and then you're talking about inflation. And um, maybe degradation of the dollar at a time where people, you know, especially Russia and China, are already beginning to move off the dollar as the world's reserve currency. So lots of interesting potential here. I am absolutely grateful on the one hand that we have a government that can step in and do draconian measures. And uh, if any po politics is completely out of place. You know, anyone who's talking about you know, how Trump has botched this is completely, you know, off in this because nobody knows how to deal with this. There's no right answer. Even in the UK, you know, people were lauding it and they did a 180 degree turn this week and, are, you know, are following um, the path that, that the administration is taking. So, you know, stop casting stones in the glass house. What we need to do is pull together and get through this and become stronger and more resilient as a culture, as a country i'm speaking from america or whatever country you're in and then also as a global population that recognizes that pandemic is blind to race uh it's blind to borders right it doesn't give a shit 
And so we should become more like that in terms of how we treat everybody. We need a virus of compassion and a virus of world-centric thinking that treats everyone with equal care and concern and respect. So we can grow through this and we can demand that of our leaders. Or if you're thinking, well, we need a new batch of leaders, then step up. Um, I've been asked this several times that, uh, this past week. I said, Mark, you should get into politics. And I said, no, I've got more important work to do right now. The, the way the environment is would be very devastating for me to take my eyes off my mission and to go into that. But I'm very open. I was having a conversation earlier today with a friend that uh, I'm very open to new ways of organization coming up, springing up. Also from within our current structure as well as around it. And that structure can be more positive, more world-centric, and also coming from the head and the heart, which is what we teach at Unbeal Mind. And so you know that, as well as the focus of my book, Staring Down the Wolf. So you have these potential best-case scenario. This thing blows over quickly. doesn't have a huge impact. The government response is way overblown, and we bounce right back. Or the worst-case scenario, half half the population gets infected, millions die, and we go into essentially a depression uh, scenario and um, lots of people lose their job. So, like I said, the, you know, the Buddha said that the middle path is always the right path, and that's probably what we're going to see is something in between. But what you can do is plan for the worst and hope for the best, and have a crisis opportunity plan that you execute so that you can cope with this one day at a time. We say, I learned this from Tadashi Nakamura. One day, one lifetime. Every day is your opportunity to get stronger, to grow, to be more present and aware, to be there for your family and your teams, and to strengthen your structures, your organization. So we call those the three spheres. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. So let's take a look at how we can strengthen our three spheres. Well, first, we want to do what we call SWOT-T analysis, S-W-O-T-T. What are your strengths? What are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? And what are the trends? And um, I'll talk about a few of these things that I've seen in relation to um, my business and my life. So what are my strengths? Well, we have an expertise around forging mental toughness and resiliency, helping leaders and teams navigate volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So that's a strength of ours. We've been developing, doing this for years. We're probably the best in the world at it. And so this is a good time for us to really double down and to really uh, explore how to bring those strengths to more people. And so we're, our second strength is we have a strong online presence and we have three, four actually, or five online programs. We have a lot of online programs, both continuity through SealFit Online, Unreal Mind Foundations course, Unreal Mind Performance Coaching, which I lead monthly. And we have conversations like this. We have the Kokoro Yoga Online, which is a daily practice of grounding and centering and balancing and integrating. Extraordinary program. We have the Way of the Seal e-course. We have all these ways that we can deliver content. So now we just have to 
look at you know doing more of that and in better ways. What are the weaknesses? Well, weaknesses for us, our event business is getting crushed. We canceled our seal fit crucible events that were happening this coming weekend. We don't know whether we're going to be able to run our events in July. We're still planning on it now, but you know it's a fluid situation. So there's possibility that that could go away. You know, um, sheepdog training, which is great for this type of scenario. I'd love to get people to do sheepdog training right now, but we can't do it. We pushed it off. It was going to be in May. We pushed it off to September, but that's another extraordinary program where we teach leaders and everybody's a leader, by the way, to navigate crisis uh, in real time, right? be, be a sheepdog strong individual. So weakness wise, you know, our event business is, is really going to take a hit and um, there's something we're going to have to deal with. And then cash also, we're not a big company. We don't have access to the public markets. We don't have a big investor to draw on. We don't have any lines of credit, right? We're, basically cash flow. We have some money in the bank that keeps us, you know, we know we've got a, a couple months worth of reserve, but that's that. I mean, so we have to really, really cover down and preserve our cash and make sure that going forward, we're absolutely cash flow positive. And we were ramping up for growth and now we have to look at that and maybe pause some things and, you know, consider how to preserve our cash because cash is king in the business world. So that could be a weakness. The opportunity is to serve more to figure out how to bring more of our training and our insights uh, around leading in VOCA and mental toughness and resiliency to more people. So we're looking at that. So offering more free training, like I mentioned a moment ago, I'll be offering a daily sit rep. We'll be offering seal fit operator wads or workouts, uh, not operator wads, but workouts, live stream, yoga, live stream, stuff like that. I'll be doing that also with other partners and friends just to share more. And also, we're going to figure out how to get Unbeatable Mind, Kokori Yoga, Seal Fit Online into more people's brains so that they can start training every day and getting stronger. And then the, uh, the threats are uh, fear is the biggest threat. Fear, is, I said the other day, is our biggest virus, in it. and we have to overcome fear. A threat is the small business. We're a small business, and all small businesses are at risk of getting trampled in this. The big businesses, you know, they have a lot of risk, too. I mean, look at the airline industry. There's a lot going on. Um, but the governments will bail those guys out. Uh, small businesses are the ones that are going to have a really tough time. And I know there's some programs like Small Business Administration loans and whatnot. But, again, those aren't um, for everybody. And not everyone will qualify. And they're hard to get. And they come with strings attached. But I know um, everyone's going to do what they can. At any rate, so there's a lot of the threat is that the worst case scenario does pay off. So we got to basically shore up the ship and get ready to, um, to ride out the storm, so to speak. And the trends, though, I think that when I look at the trends, the trends are in favor for what we're doing. Because people are going to be home. They're going to be using online shopping and, and uh, they've got more time in their hands. And so maybe they will actually be more inclined to participate in the programs. But, you know, on the threat side, they may be less inclined to spend money. So you got to think about that for you or your business, or whatever it is you do. So that's you can do something similar like that. SWOTT analysis for yourself or your uh, situation or your business. And then every day I ask myself and my team ask, what is the most important target that we can focus on or that I need to focus on today that's going to move the dial? 
that's going to help preserve cash and help continue to grow revenue in alignment with what we've learned through our SWOT analysis and our COPE plan. You know, the, the biggest opportunities are to grow revenue for us online and cash flow and also to preserve cash by battening the hashes and seeing where cash might be spinning out the door. And then back to this idea of three spheres. So the three spheres are the I, the we, and the it, or, or the individual self, the culture of the team, and the organizational structure. So for the I sphere, how can you shore that up? Well, this is what you, you already seen a lot of emails come through on this. Look at your day and say, how am I taking care of myself across those five mountains, physically, mentally, emotionally, intuitionally, and spiritually? So you're going to want to take time and make sure you have a training plan that addresses all those. So, you know, this is what it, for me today, it looked like uh, physical training. I did my yoga and Aikido, which is somatic movement. I did a, uh, my workout. Uh, I did a 20-minute AMRAP, some strength training. I did my box breathing for 20 minutes and meditation for another 30. I fueled really well, and I got a really good night's sleep. So that was really the physical mountain. Mentally, I did, you know, box breathing crosses into that and my meditation. And I fed the courage wolf with the positivity and gratitude. Emotionally, um, I connected, connected to my wife and uh, son this morning. I connected to my team. We had some heartfelt communications around what we're going to do and what's, you know, how this is impacting us. We fed our courage wolf together. And um, also, I took some time to reflect on my own attitude uh, you know is there a place that fears causing me to get stuck and uh, so i was you know spent some time staring down my wolf so that the emotional mountain was strong for um intuitional spiritual i'm going to spend some time outside when i'm done i'm going to go walk the dog i'm going to go outside and do some more uh, practice and breathing so na- time in nature and silence is a big one for me and yeah i'm just going to ask where i can serve so in the eye sphere, you're going to look at those five mountains and say, what am I doing every day to align and to balance, to connect more, to serve more, and to train so that you can come through this stronger day by day in every way we will get stronger and stronger. Hey. And then the we sphere with your teams, whether that's your family or your organizational team, you're going to want to communicate for alignment. I talk about that a lot in my chapter on alignment, which is the seventh commitment for staring in the wolf is just have a, an almost uh, unrealistic communication protocol where you're always talking about what's working, what's not working, what can I do better, what am I learning from all this, and what's our main thing that we can focus on right now to get stronger, better, and to come through this, to cope with this, so that we're focusing on the right opportunities and uh, driving forward. So align, focus, and to work on those seven commitments together as a team. And then the it sphere is kind of like the organizational structure. Now, the structure of your home or your space where you spend time uses an opportunity to really clean up. And I really mean that. It's like clean your space, reorganize your space, feng shui it, you know, come through this with a different space. You know, this is the opportunity. Like my wife has been out in the garage You know, we got to build up a junk in the garage. So we're going through that. And uh, we're going to deep clean the um, SealFit headquarters and maybe do a little reorganizing. You know, change up your spaces. I'm building a sauna, and I'm looking forward to that being done soon. 
and uh, so I can use my own sauna and not have to use some public sauna, which sometimes is a little bit gross. At any rate, so what can you do to um, clean your environment, to reorganize it, and to just feel good about this time that you have to spend at home? I already mentioned your organization. Like, what can you do to really set yourself up so that you can come through this um, stronger? And that is cash. What can you do for cash? Is there a way you can um, get rid of high interest debt by refinancing it? We're going to do that with one of our uh, mortgages. So refinance the mortgage, pay off a mortgage. So we have, you know, free and clear property on the other side. So there's a lot of stuff you can do with mortgage rates coming down. Um, You know, once the, the rush uh, for refinancing dies down again, I think you'll see some pretty low rates in another month or two. So we're waiting on that. We're looking at probably refinancing April and May. At any rate, so look at the structures and your places and say, how can I shore them up, clean them up, re- renew and rejuvenate them, and let your home environment, your work environment really support you through this. Okay, so three-sphere training. Shore up the I, the we, and the it, so they all be stronger. Anyway, I think that's about it. There's tons of other stuff that I could probably talk about, but I think you're getting a lot of that stuff from other people. You know, for me, I, I think everything starts with the mind. To have an unbeatable mind is your best antiviral uh, mechanism here. So every day, do your work and visualize yourself as strong and healthy. Breathe in light and, and shower that light throughout and around your body to create like a protective shield. And then at a practical level, just really pay attention to the distancing requirements. You know, even at work, I want to go up and hug my teammates, but we're not. We're doing the old fist bump or elbow bump even. Wash your hands religiously like I'm washing my hands a lot. I do that anyways, but uh, just keep washing your hands and pay attention to any habits you have of touching your face. So don't do that, you know. Make it a mindfulness practice. Try to be more in service to other people. Recognize that everyone's full of fear and doubt and uncertainty. So um, take your eyes off yourself. Put them on your family and on your teammates. Ask them how they're doing and how you can help them. And you'll find people will be doing that to you. And it's a good feeling. So you can use this opportunity as an opportunity to grow your teaming and your um, get out of your ego and into your we space. So uh, practicing this idea that this is about us. We're all going through this. Nobody has a patent on fear or nobody has a patent on misery. Everyone's got the same misery index right now. So just suck it up, take your eyes off yourself, put them on your team, and use this time to cultivate compassion and generosity of spirit, equanimity. Day by day in every way, let's get stronger and better. Hooyah, hey. Stay focused and be unbeatable, folks. I really appreciate you all. See you next time. We are. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back. The pride of the fleets. The bright swinging frogmen of the UDT. Hey, Mel. Bry here. Gotta work from home today, cause the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. 
Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian.